welcome to Oral Phonic, episode 38. In just a few minutes, we're going to have some guest hosts on, and we're going to be talking about person of interest, which should be really exciting. But before that, let's have some quick announcements. First of all, Podfic Polygon is in progress, and it's a little bit too late to sign up, but definitely keep an eye out for when they're posted. Podfic Polygon sounds like a really cool project where you basically sign up as a shape. So you could be a triangle. So maybe one person writes a fic, one records it, and one edits it. Or you could record as a square. So you have an author, a podficker, an editor, and, some, and an artist. Or you can add in more shapes and they get more and more complicated. But the idea is everybody takes a turn. So you write one thing and pass it on to the next person. And then you're given something to record and you pass it on to the next person. And then you're given something to edit. And then once everybody has cycled through, you post the final product. And that sounds really, really cool. So I'm excited to hear what comes out of that. Another thing going on in Podvik land the Marvel Universe Big Bang community is accepting Podfic as art. So signups for that opened May 1st, and I believe they close on June 1st if you want to record something Marvel-related. Also, the HP Drizzle Fest. They're doing weather-related Harry Potter stories, and they are looking for Podfickers. So if you have a fic in mind that combines Harry Potter and weather, go ahead and seek them out. And I will post links to all of these in our pin board. We also had a comment by Tiny Pink Mouse on our last episode, which I'll go ahead and share with you. This was a great episode, thank you. I always feel vaguely guilty about the fact that I don't produce or consume more lady-centric stuff. I don't have strong preferences one way or the other, though I do tend to avoid femslash for the simple reason that when it comes to sex scenes, there's too many people involved with bits shaped generally the same as me, and it gets very hard to disassociate from that. And I need a bit of distance between me and explicit sex scenes most of the time. And usually it's just easier to find stuff I enjoy that have less female characters, if any, because there's just more of it to be had. Obviously, since I occasionally write fic, I could choose to write about women. But since I usually end up writing about whatever I read, watched, listened to last, and got all excited about, yeah, again, there'll just be more stuff about men than women. And I have to admit that sadly, the female side characters in most things usually aren't as interesting to me as the main male ones. Still leaves me the option of writing Rule 63, which as a thought has gotten more and more attractive lately. And I did try it out for one little ficlet, but that has me a bit leery for a few reasons. Like, what if I do it badly? Or that unfortunate thing at one point in the past where there seemed to be a trend of people writing Rule 63 just so they could write a certain pairing without needing to include any icky gay stuff. And it's not like I'm doubting my own motivations, so maybe I'm just worried about what people think about Rule 63 fic. Oh, and of course it's always nice to get more positive feedback and, well, we all know where it's easier to get that. Thanks for sending that in, Tiny Pink Mouse. I agree with you. I wish I did more lady-centric fanish stuff, but when there are female side characters, they tend to be there to look pretty and they're pretty boring. Not that fandom couldn't run with that. I mean, if you think about Inception fandom and Arthur and Eames had 10 minutes of screen time together and it turned into this massive fandom. So we could 
give people the the fanon personalities and the fanon backgrounds we want it to really make something spectacular happen and we just don't and so i definitely try to sign up for uh, awesome ladies and then back when amplificathon was a thing you could always do lady centric or one nice thing about itpe is it gives me an excuse to record lady centric stuff for my friends but yeah you're right i'm with you there i I need to be better about doing more. Anyway, on to the show. Okay, so now I am going to allow our fantastic guest hosts to introduce themselves. So I don't know if we want to do this alphabetically or... Okay, well, so we don't have dead space. Hi, I'm Jinkio. Um, I am a fan creator uh, in the person of interest fandom. Hi, uh, I'm Desiree Armfelt. Uh, I both write fic and record podfic in Person of Interest, and I work in other fandoms as well. I'm Sky. I'm mainly a writer, um, but I read everything. I've been a podfic listener for several years, and I have done sort of a few POI podfics, but not a lot yet. But I have plans. <laughs> well, I... In preparation for recording this podcast, watched a few episodes, so I know the basic plot and most of the major characters, but I would love for you to take over the lead and just explaining what the show is, what the fandom is, and wrecking me all the awesome stuff. Okay, um, this is Jinkio. I'll start with just the very basic premise, and then I'll leave it to, to Desiree and um, Sky to sort of flesh this out. So... Here's a little bit about the show from Wikipedia. Person of Interest is an American science fiction crime drama show that aired on CBS. Um, it aired from 2011 to 2016 for five seasons, and there's a story about those five seasons. The show was created by Jonathan Nolan uh, of the Jonathan and... I just forgot his brother's name. The brother is more famous. But the Nolan brothers, Jonathan Nolan... J.J. Abrams was like an executive producer, but it's really Jonah Nolan and Greg Plagman. The series, it's about a reclusive billionaire, computer programmer, and genius named Harold Finch. He develops this supercomputer for the government. The computer is called the machine. The machine is capable of collating all sources of information, cell phones, surveillance cameras, um, and it uses this information to identify perpetrators of deadly crimes, crimes that are gonna have mass casualty effect. But what Harold didn't reckon on was the machine could also determine crimes that were more personal and the machine considered these crimes irrelevant. So there's another little story about that, but something happens that forces Harold to address those irrelevant numbers. And so he hires himself a uh, former Green Beret CIA agent named John Reese, um, who is presumed dead. And together, they investigate the irrelevant numbers. And along the way, they meet 
many new teammates and many adversaries. And then the show becomes very sci-fi. And I'm going to stop right there. So, yeah, you, you kind of have a traditional kind of crime procedural sort of number of the week vibe in the early seasons with a lot of uh, detectives, which is, we you know, we meet um, Joss Carter, who is um, trying to track down John Reese because his fingerprints are on the system for a lot of crimes. And also uh, Lionel Fusco is on the other side of this kind of divide of corruption in New York and is trying to get out from underneath that and kind of that's his his arc during the first uh, couple of seasons and kind of that is sort of a theme with a lot of the characters in terms of each of them having their own version of a redemption arc and being on kind of various points during that journey and that's kind of echoed in 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 Reese trying to make himself you know, someone who saves lives rather than takes them at the CIA's behest. And Root, who is another hacker who um, finds out about Finch and the machine, who, you know, starts out as a killer. Same with kind of lots of lots of other team members. So that kind of ties it all together in a way, um, all the different characters using their skills for good rather than rather than destruction. And one of the things I enjoyed about watching the show, you said that the first season was kind of crime of the wiki, and that's true, but even in the first season, there was also a sense that there were arc plots, uh, and so there was sort of a nice balance of, you know, you could tune in for the adventure of the week, but there was also a sense that the story was going somewhere. I guess touching on that arc plot, Sky had mentioned that each of the characters does have these these long redemption arcs. One of the things that I enjoyed about season one was it was the crime of the week, and each week the, the show reveals more of itself through flashback. And I think it's kind of interesting that uh, Jonathan Nolan is currently working on Westworld, and so that's a storytelling technique that he uses there. But You'd watch the show, um, and the basic premise of the show would be Finch would somehow receive a number, and that's what they're called, the numbers. He'd receive a number. This number, it was a code. We didn't know how the code worked. That becomes a plot point. So he's got this number. It identifies a person. He does not know if this person is the perpetrator of a crime or the victim, the potential victim of a crime. So he and John Reese, Mr. Reese, have to investigate. They have to go legs out to find out what's going on. They employ many resources. So Finch is a billionaire, so he can, he's a billionaire and a genius, so he can craft false identities as needed. They go undercover often. He can buy resources, and they figure out if the number is the victim or the perpetrator. And then you have to either save them or stop them. And so that's pretty much the, the premise of uh, the, the story each week. Along the way, though, we discover how the machine came about. And um, I don't think it's, well, I don't want to spoil. The machine has been built to help the government. And as I mentioned earlier, Finch discovers that it also kicks out these irrelevant numbers. We discover the government might not be as benevolent as we thought it was. So... There's a whole story thread 
where we learn more about the government's involvement and the government and Finch eventually will collide. Sky had also mentioned the character Root. So Finch is a super hacker, but he's not the only hacker in the world. And Root is also a very competent hacker who has been looking for her messiah character, and she finds it through the machine. So that becomes another character arc. And as we follow these characters along, more and more, the world of person of interest just opens exponentially. You thought you were watching the crime procedural, and suddenly, I mean, there were literally episodes where something happens, and you're like, whoa, this is a completely different show now. And it's not sort of cozy Midsummer Murders sort of crime of the week. It's, you know, there is this political thriller element. There is, you know, um, sort of conspiracy theories that, you know, maybe aren't conspiracy theories or whatever, sort of, and, and things being factually relevant and just kind of a second ahead of the news and things. So, yeah, there's there's kind of all sorts of things that are interesting about the show in itself and we should probably maybe bring it onto the fandom so i think we've we've kind of covered most of the major characters there are a couple uh that are on the the ships list that we haven't talked about yet but so one one of the things that's that's interesting about this fandom is there are kind of two major ships and then a bunch of secondary ones um so there's kind of a lot of different kinds of stories that people are writing. The two kind of juggernaut pairings, one is uh, two men, so Harold Finch and John Reese, uh, and the other is two women, Root and Samine Shaw, who I guess we haven't talked about, but she's another kind of ex-CIA operative who joins the team partway through the show and is another kind of in, in the same mold and, as some and, of the other characters. who is... Who is- canonically queer along with Root, unlike the the, the slash pairing. Yeah, so the the pairing is unusual. Yeah, even even in even in these. And I I have to say, I watched the first two episodes and then I watched the episode where they introduced Shaw and the one where they introduced Root. And there is quite a lot of potential for slashiness there. (laughs) So was it Shaw that made some comment about like Oh, Finch, it's so great that you have John to follow you around like a little puppy. And true, yeah. So, <laughs> yes. So, so in fact, one of, one of the things about the show is if you, if you are in a fan fiction writing state of mind and you watch this, you, you feel like the authors are sort of just kind of dangling all of these, you know, slash fiction tropes without necessarily doing a lot with them themselves. So... There's an episode where the plot involves ecstasy and Finch sort of accidentally gets dosed on ecstasy and nothing much very comes of it. But, you know, this is except in fan fiction, right? Except in fan fiction, you know, similarly, like there's a there's an episode where they have to go to a fancy dress party. And so Finch (laughs) Finch makes John get a tux and and tailors it himself and is sort of like kneeling at his feet, measuring him. And yeah, so I mean, and, you know, like at one point they, they get a dog and then there's this whole for several episodes, you just like randomly see them washing the dog together or taking it to the vet. And so it, it really sort of seems like 
you know, somebody on the show was like, oh, let's let's just put out all of these hooks for fanfic and see what people do. Well, and Rue and Shaw meet because she has her tied down to a chair and is torturing her and is like, oh, I'm going to like this. And it's sexy torture. Um, yes. I was like, wow, this is primetime television. OK. Yeah. Uh, they're really not shy. About that. It's great. I love it. I think one of the things that I found interesting about the fandom, and it sort of goes to the show itself. This show aired on CBS. It bounced around the days, but it was a network television show. And I feel like the early fandom really was made up of, and and I'm in this demographic, it's the kind of people that are watching CBS at 10 p.m. So when we started seeing those little hints, like Reese and Finch get a dog, there was one episode where they got a baby. Um, They... In that fancy dress episode, Harold walks in with John on his arm and the the receptionist at the ball is like, oh, wow, he's gorgeous. And Harold kind of winks. The characters never played up those hints and and they never were derogatory towards those hints either, if that makes sense. They were like, oh, no, oh, no, we're just friends. There was never any of that stuff. It was just they just rolled with it. Um, But I don't think. Exactly. And one of the things with fandom is there were, there were, and there still are a lot of people who just do not get, get like Harold and John. That makes no sense. But if you're an old school slasher, it makes sense. Yeah. It is only fair to say that as, as in many other shows, both Finch and John do have female love interests as well. Yeah, but then I've heard multiple characters made references calling John Finch's dog, and then I'm like, okay. (laughs) Well, that that actually brings up, I'm just looking at the ships list here, brings up a couple of other ships that we haven't covered, one of which is Harold has a, a girlfriend in his backstory who, when Harold has to, has to sort of fake his own death and, and go undercover, you know, live a life of mystery, He's separated from the girlfriend, but she she comes back as a plot point a couple of times. So her her name is Grace, and there's a there's definitely a segment of fanfic either about Harold and Grace or about Harold, Grace, and John as a as a trio. And then another um, ship that was pretty big was um, John Reese and Joss Carter. We haven't really talked about Joss much, but um, in the show, Carter and Fusco, they're two members of the New York Police Department who provides support. And uh, Carter is played by Taraji P. Henson. So John and Joss were beautiful on screen together. And then there were some storyline issues in season three that sort of prevented that ship from moving forward. But John and Joss is probably the biggest male-female head ship in the fandom. So I think that the one that is is written down on our list that we haven't covered yet, and of, and of course, as in most fandoms that have more than a couple of characters, everybody has pretty much been paired with everybody at some point or another. But the one that's on our sort of more popular list that we haven't mentioned is John Reese and Zoe Morgan. Uh, Zoe is a character who really only appears in like three or four episodes, but she's has a big impact on the fandom love her dearly. 
Do you want do you want to talk about her a little bit, Sky? Um <laughs> and she's wonderful. Um <laughs> and and she sort of has um uh, it's it's mostly in the background, but she is kind of going back to the, the political side of things, she is kind of turning the wheels behind the scenes and kind of making things fall into place so that they can get the information they need to get in time to solve the numbers and this, this, that, that sort of crops up again and again throughout the seasons that she makes an appearance in which it it it, it means that we get to see how competent she is on her own yeah while also kind of having a, a back and forth flirtation with Reese. so yeah I, I enjoy that I enjoy that shit a lot and and she is also the one who has to pretend to be a couple with John, which presumably just adds fuel to that particular yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah, again, this undercover is a couple trope. I love it so much, and it's in so many of the episodes. Yay. <laughs> I don't know, I'm going to add on with Reese and Zoe. One of the things that really make them sparkle on screen is, as was mentioned, Zoe is very independent. She's not looking for... A long-term boyfriend and you get the sense that she figures out pretty quickly john reese is not boyfriend material but he's totally um casual friends with benefits potential and so there she's not on the show often but when she does show up it, you're very excited to see see them i think she makes john reese blush he gets very schoolboyish and it's a it's very cute i had also sort of noted so i actually came into person of interest via the fanfic, and got into the fanfic because I had followed some authors from Due South and other fandoms, and there were, there were some kind of famous authors of a couple of generations before me who then went on to write in a bunch of fandoms for shows I had not seen, and so now I have read their fanfic and then gone back and watched the shows uh, for several of them. <laughs> but one of the, the things that I think is compelling and this is mostly about sort of early Finch Reese centered fandom before some of the other characters came on the show. But it has a lot of the same kind of potential that some shows like Do South or Stargate Atlantis have for Fick. So there's a there's a central partnership that's kind of the the emotional core of the the show, where the partners are very loyal to each other, have good chemistry at you know, kind of a bantery relationship, but also have, you know, from time to time have trust issues or have, you know, disagreements about how things ought to be done. And, and they also get hurt quite a lot, which means there's yes. comfort potential in the fandom, which, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so then, then you've also, and I, I'm sort of entertained by this because I think I, I recognize it as something that, that I kind of like in, in fic and in shows. You've got the stoic character with with past trauma who doesn't like to talk about their feelings. Um, I mean, neither of them like to talk about their feelings, but so that's that's Reese. And then you have the the hyper lexical, very very verbal kind of nerdy character who's Harold. So there's there's that kind of dynamic. As you said, they they get hurt a lot. They're also constantly having to like risk their lives either for each other or for the plot, you know, and therefore having to fret about each other. And and they have the what I guess uh, Speranza referred to as as they're both clams. So they're people who have a lot of emotions but don't like to talk about them directly, and are and and so are always sort of having to like 
communicate about their emotions obliquely, which again is a very fertile ground for for fic. <laughs> and the another thing is that particularly Harold, but some of the other characters as well, there's a lot of backstory that you get enough information in the show about that it's compelling, but there's also a lot of holes left. So there's kind of a rich field for writing pre-canonical stories or taking some of those characters from the backstories and going AU with them or those sorts of stories as well. Are there Regency AUs? Because Finch (laughs) is like so buttoned down and he calls everybody, you know, Mr. Reese and Miss Shaw. and There needs to be a Regency AU or two. There's definitely one. Oh, God, what's it called? Oh, um. <laughs> I don't remember the title, but there is one. Yay. I, I'm going to circle back a little bit to um, Root and Shaw. As Desiree mentioned earlier, they're, they're the, the two juggernaut ships. And I know I tend to fall more on the Harold John side of things, but the Root and Shaw fandom, or their ship name is called Shoot. So I guess that's Shaw and Root. It is huge, and it's it's very creative, highly creative. Some of the themes that those two characters have, they met, their cute meet, or was it meet cute, was a torture session. And then after Shaw escaped, she she sort of made it her mission to find that lady who was Root. So there's a lot of... Maybe season three, they're sort of flirting with this attraction between Shaw and Root. And I think seasons four and five is where that relationship really cranks up. Like the stakes are very high. And so that's, if if you are into, uh, was it women loving women or femme slash or whatever you want to call, there is a, oh my gosh, it's such a deep well that that you can draw on. So some of the themes that I noticed for them, there's there's lots of like BDSM, lots of hate sex, lots of roughness. And then there's a lot of introspective room to play with them because the character of Shaw, she's, um, she's her emotions are turned to zero. Yes. What was that? She has an access to personality disorder. Perfect. So she doesn't her she doesn't relate to to people in the way that I think most people would expect. So there's a lot of stories that kind of delve into that. How do you take that that um, access personality disorder? How does she relate to to uh, Root with it? Root herself has a, a pretty complex backstory. So how does she learn to live among humans again? How does she learn to disengage herself from the digital world that she sort of made her home and opened herself up to human connections. So that's all I really wanted to say on uh, Root and Shaw or Shoot is it's a deep well with many themes that people are writing tons of stories and making tons of videos about. And if you're into that, there is a lot here. And, and they have some of that same, we have deep feelings, but we don't necessarily express them directly or we're not necessarily very comfortable with our feelings and so that's a very fertile ground to play in as well which is how you get the whole hashtag maybe someday which is you know one of the one of the scenes that they kind of 
go through in, in season four is kind of not being ready to take that step, even though sort of the world is going to hell around them. And it's like, you can't wait any longer, girls, but somehow. <laughs> I got so sad when you said that. Hashtag maybe oh, Sunday. Stop. <laughs> sorry. Stop. Sorry. It's, I, that was the episode that broke fandom. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, I kind of joined the show just before, um, joined the show. I just, I, watched the show and then kind of started watching it as it aired when that happened and kind of the kiss happened and kind of it whole, all, all of it exploded. So there was kind of that mix of joy and utter despair at the same time. And I kind of can't talk about it without referring to both. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, well, that episode a... still, so we're referring to the episode called If Then Else. Else. 11, I'm not going to yeah. give a synopsis of it because you, you have to watch the show to understand it. Yeah. But it's, that it's is honestly, yeah, it's one of the best episodes of this series and possibly all television of all time ever. Yeah, it is really, really creative with, you know, the, the, the way that it uses the machine as a device for storytelling, which continues, you know, in the show um, with, with, you know, not just flashbacks, but retakes of the same scenario it's it's really clever but it hurts <laughs> this actually reminds me of two things that we haven't touched on yet one of which is on our list but i'll say the other one first because it's short one other thing that is fairly satisfying about watching the show is if i'm remembering correctly they they were a, one of many shows that had a oh, we're, we've suddenly, you know, been told that we're not going to be renewed anymore, but we've been given a half season to finish up the story. And mm -hmm. they do actually bring the narrative to a satisfying in the sense of, <laughs> of the narrative is resolved conclusion. Some, some people like the end, that, some people that's don't. That's a whole other meta, I think. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, it, it is, but it is a story that actually has a beginning and middle and end, which you can't say for all TV shows. So, so that's one thing. But the other thing is that you guys were starting to get into the machine as a character, which we haven't talked about yet. I think this, this brings us on to a point that I wanted to make in that I feel like the machine is herself, itself, uh, a pod ficker because, I mean, firstly, she ships Brute and Shaw uh, a lot. <laughs> and kind of that allows them to sort of be quite direct about it because it is you know the artificial intelligence who kind of narrates the show um in these these more experimental episodes and kind of take them slightly beyond their their characterization of, of kind of wanting to be locked down and not talk about anything so that there's that and there's also the fact that uh, at various points through the show the machine has to find a way to communicate with the team and it does that through selecting um, audio clips from various sources and sort of, you know, giving the numbers in, in code, as we mentioned before. Like it has a string of, of various voices, which I think, you know, if, if you want to make a podfic that does that, and we might come on to this when we do Rex later, there is a huge potential for, you know, machine POV point of view um, fan works using that technique that is already in the show, which was already a, you know, a plot point in the, in the canon, which I like a lot. 
Have you seen a lot of machine point of view fix as opposed to fix where the machine is a character, but it's from somebody else's point of view? I'm, I'm a bit of a machine fanatic. There are quite a few machine POVs. I don't think there's a lot of us writing it, but stories where the machine has agency, the machine is the main character. And we see our John and Harold and Shaw and Root through the machine's eyes. The machine is a major character in the show. The machine is an artificial intelligence. Um, we don't know that from the beginning, but as the, as the series progresses, we realize the true extent of the sentience of the machine. And then there's another plot point where there's actually a second AI. The second half of the series, so seasons four and five, really delve into this battle between two competing artificial intelligence, two super artificial intelligence. So if you're into science fiction, that alone is, is there's so much to, to, to dig into there because both AI have competing ideas, like the machine was built and nurtured by Harold to protect, to save lives. The opponent machine is named Samaritan, who was built and then unwillingly abandoned. His creator had to abandon him. So he was raised by a criminal organization who only wanted a super artificial intelligence to dominate humanity. So there's this idea of one AI that wants to help humanity by you know, regulating it and, and really dominating humanity and the machine who wants to save lives. That's it. I love the machine. Oh, this here's my other thing, too, about the machine. The machine goes through various, it, her relationship with some of our characters um, changes over the course of the season. So in the beginning, there's almost a father-daughter sort of relationship between her and Harold. Harold built, this machine is Harold's as close to his flesh and blood, I guess, as he's ever going to get in the show. Um, he dreamt the code of this machine. He hand-coded it. It's all custom code. This is his baby. He trained it not only in how to collect these data sources, but then how to sort and categorize them. Um, he had to teach the machine to love humanity in order to save humanity. But over the course of the season, they have a somewhat, their, their relationship becomes adversarial because now Harold's trying to control the machine. You can't control the AI though. I mean, it's, it's supercomputer. It's so much smarter than humans. So there is, there's a huge clash there and they break up. They, you know, they have a big argument and they don't talk to each other for a long time. And that really sets, that opens the stage for Samaritan who really wants to dominate humanity to kind of slide in there and, um, Flex its powers. Exactly. Harold ended up causing exactly what he tried to prevent. You were talking, Sky, about the, the machine as a podficker. Uh, should we segue into kind of the more podfic specific portion of our show? Well, and I could see how that could be really, really fun to podfic because I've been watching some episodes in season three and the machine's paced together its voice. Each individual word is, is a different person's right. voice that it's pasted together, I presume, from conversations it's recorded. It's sort of like a, you know, a ransom note where they cut out different words from different magazines to spell out their message. So I can see that being a lot of fun to podfic. 
But also it maybe is. challenging, but it is. How, what did you do? Did you just get a bunch of different people to record it and splice it together? Well, no, no, because I'm, I'm going to pass. I just listened. We were listening. I think all of us were listening to a lot of Podfix to kind of get ourselves together. One of the recs that we're going to give really does this well, where they, they have pulled, they pulled a whole sound library. I think they used sound snippets. You know how when you, when you look up a word on the internet and there's the little um, voice that will say that word for you? I think that's how they put it together because they credit dictionary.com. And so they typed in all their words and pulled the different samples and pasted it all together to make a, a sentence. I'm not that, I'm lazy. I just use the, my computer makes voices. The computer can talk and the, that's how I do my, my uh, machine voices. Although it would be kind of funny to get three or four different pod figures together and be like, okay, read every third word of this story. That would be I mean, hilarious. <laughs> oh my yeah, it might not be worth the effort, but it'd be funny. No, it would be great. <laughs> One of the things that I really enjoy about, uh, that draws me to Podfic person of interest is that Harold just has such a, such a fun, distinctive voice. And I guess I've, I've noticed this about myself as a, as a reader, but then it's kind of exacerbated since I've taken to Podfic is the fix that I most love in any fandom are the ones that have these very clear, vivid, punchy, distinctive character voices, both in the narration and in the, in the actual dialogue. And as, I, as I've said, I, I sort of have a fondness for hyperlexical nerdy characters as well. And so it's just, it's just really fun to get somebody who, who writes Harold well, and, it, and that just kind of like cries out to be spoken. And then the other thing is that, you know, as we've said, there's this sort of medium-sized cast of regular characters, many of whom have distinct like speaking styles and, and speech patterns from each other. And so it, it does lend itself to voice acting. It's those distinct voices. I really enjoy reading Harold Finch. I think everybody who podfix person of interest enjoys the Harold voice because it, I don't know, actually maybe I shouldn't speak for everybody. I enjoy it because it gives me an opportunity to, um, all of those tips and tricks that you learn for public speaking, you really get to put those in practice with Harold. Like there is no now or uh, no valve that goes unpronounced with a Harold Finch podfix. So I really enjoy that. I do have a fondness for the machine, so that really is one of the things that I podfic a lot. But I, I find that the series is conducive to podfickers because the world of person of interest is, when you watch it on screen, it's visually interesting. It's orally interesting. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on that if you are inclined to be a sound effects type podficker, there are lots of things that you can play with in pod picking, and I enjoy that tremendously. Like what sorts of things? Uh, I mean, just think of the sounds that are in the show. There's, there's the phone ringing. The Harold usually gets the number via a payphone. The surveillance machine, the surveillance cameras themselves often make noise. There's a sound cue that indicates when we're doing flashbacks and flash forwards through the story. Hmm. Um, I think Harold's voice itself is very distinctive, and, and when you hear it, there is sort of a draw to, to want to hear more of that. And John's voice is also very distinctive. Yes, yes. He, he, they, it's sort of a 
Batman. I, I've heard people compare him to Batman. It's a low mumble. Some people, I'm gasping now, some people call him monotone, hardly, but uh, it's a very distinctive voice. Fusco's, yeah, no, he's, he's a... He's quite expressive, but but he speaks down here. And so, you know, it's it's hard to get your full range while still doing the voice. <laughs> exactly. And I think I think with uh, with Reese, you, the visual clues help. But you, uh, Desiree, you mentioned earlier how all the characters have distinctive voices, and we've kind of skipped we've skipped over some characters. But like Fusco's a New York cop. He is. Where's he born? Brooklyn, Queens. He's like so New York. There's Joss Carter. She's a she's an African American police officer, and so she she can get she goes sassy sometimes, and that's really fun to play. I forgot all about. Elias and Scarface, so they are Italian mafia members who also have pretty distinct voices. Uh, Elias more than Scarface. Scarface doesn't talk much. So there, there are lots of characters that are fun to play with. I mean, and actually, Root has a pretty distinctive, oh! more more speaking style than voice. But go with that because tying into that, I think Shaw Shaw also has some of that. Um, Shaw is sh- shortened to the point. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's it's funny. I, I think of Shaw as being less distinctive because maybe of all of the characters, she sounds closest to my natural speaking voice. <laughs> <But> <laughs> or speaking style or something. I, well, I dig it because it's really short and to the point. You, you were mentioning Root. Go on and expand on that a little bit because her, her, her speaking style is very distinctive. Wow, so I've, I have actually not tackled Root partly, partly because I mostly read Reese Finch slash, but also because I'm not sure I have a handle on it, but, but she has a little bit, so she's a little bit fey or loopy. And one of the ways that, that I think gets portrayed in, in her vocal acting is she's got a little bit of almost a little girl quality, a little girl, a little bit sing song sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and partly it's because, because she does a lot of mockery, but well, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I can. <laughs> no, I, I think that that's really it. It's it's that that mockery. I don't think of a particular person. There was a long while where I thought Root just did not like humanity. She didn't. She didn't really care for other humans well, that when much. She, when she first appears as a as a straight up antagonist, she outright says that. Mm. And then her her redemption arc is kind of backing off of that position. Right. But I mean her. Her episode is called Bad Code, and it's because she says that people are bad code. One thing that we haven't talked about really is where is the fandom? Where can people oh, right. find us? I know I'm I'm most active these days on Twitter, but Tumblr has a massive fandom. Thicklets and fan art. Someone we've got Discord, and I'll let um, Sky maybe use Discord more than I do. I'm terrible at that. <laughs> Yeah, but that was started um, in December of, of 2017. Um, and it's sort of lots, lots and lots of discussion about the show and fanfic and fan art. So that's a, a good place to go to kind of talk to people away from archive of our own, which is less easy to communicate with, with other fans. Um, I, I spent most of my time on, on Tumblr while the show was airing. I think it's kind of calmed down a little bit since the show finished but uh in terms of the fandom and podfic 
creating opportunities. There is uh, several fests going on on, on Dreamwith, like there's there's not Prime Time and Fandom 5K. Um, the signups have, have closed for those, but you know the the reveals for those are in are in June um, and July of 2018. Um, so hopefully there there might be some 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 PY works, if not PY podfix coming out of those. There's also um, those are both multi-fandom exchanges, but yeah, Person of Interest was on the list for both. Yeah, and then Civic to Person of Interest, there's the, the Gift Exchange, which uh, reveals on June 10th. Podfic uh, was included in the signups for that. You could offer and request it. I left some prompts. I'm hoping someone will, <laughs> will respond. And then um, there's the Big Bang, um, which opens July the... No, sorry, which... The, the, the writer signups close on July the 18th, and uh, that's Podfic is included in the in the art artist section of that. Um, and if you want to know more about that, go to um, POI underscore Fanworks on Dreamwith and sort of track all the entries and subscribe to that, so that um, you're aware when that comes around. If you want to uh, write some some fix, which 10,000 words or longer, and uh, Podfix for those. We would love you to join in. <laughs> so that's uh, my uh, two penny worth on the events of PY fandom that I wanted to get in there. <laughs> plug, plug, plug. Um. <laughs> plug away. <laughs> I also know there are several um, Facebook communities, and then Dreamwith has a, has a smaller footprint, but you can find some communities there. The meme of interest has some fix. I think is the is the old kink meme on Dreamwith or was that on LJ? Yeah, that that, that is meme of interest, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and then there's the, the kink meme. Yeah. Okay. And then um the Ragnarok has her kink thread, which we'll share the link when we get there. And I, I wanted to circle back real quick for fans of um Shaw and Root, if you're on the Zeta boards, they're the the shoot pairing has had three mega threads. So you can find a lot of great, there's a lot of fan art and photos in the Zeta board threads. Well, you guys are much more widely traveled in fandom than I am. I sort of wandered in via archive of our own and got into some live journal and dream with, but have not really gone very far. Desiree, you'd mentioned earlier about how you came into fandom because you were following some some well-known writers who had come into the fandom and and I think that was that was really the the start of the thick writing portion of our fandom is we we had a lot of big popular names that came in and were entranced by the the storyline of person of interest wrote a lot of stories and then as as people are want to do something else came through came out and they kind of moved on to the next thing so when the second generation of writers came in we already had this this massive um foundation i guess to to build on there were there were some people who'd been there before who'd written those stories first those were the stories that everybody knew even now when you ask for rex you'll typically get some of those very first season one stories which is fine because it draws people in. If that's why people are coming to read, come on in because the stories are great. But one of the things that I really wanted to get out is there is still an active fandom that is still producing fic and videos, pod fic, fan art uh, that goes beyond season one. 
you know, for season two, three, four, and five. So check out the AO3 tag because you're going to find something that you, you will find. I, I feel like there's something for everyone. Like I, I, how I, I'm kind of the machine girl. The, you know, there's a, there's a writer who writes ex, uh, specifically Harold and the Machine, and that's really her genre, and I eat that stuff up. So whatever it is you like, you're going to find it on AO3. I wanted to, um, I, I was looking just sort of out of interest, <laughs> uh, just, uh, just kind of statistics-wise, I looked for what the, the longest POI podfic that I could find. And it's it's a, a Jen Plotty case fic, sixty thousand words, called Backing Up. Is that one of the um, Linda Linda O chaos yeah, Linda theories? Linda O. The author is Linda O, and the reader is Green Iron, uh, which is nearly six hours, which I think is the longest one we have so far. Um, challenge for anyone who wants to try and make something longer than that. And it's 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 Harold, yeah, it's Harold, John, and Lionel trying to save a save a young number. Um, which I haven't listened to yet, but I just found it while researching for this this podcast, and I really want to check it out afterwards. So that's one of my drive by Rex. <laughs> that's interesting that you that you mentioned that the gin fic is is the or the that's you do pod fic by sort by length, and it's the six hour pod fic. We talked a lot about shipping, but there's a pretty strong gen community exactly. here too. So when you I, said, I you guess know, Linda O, because she, she writes some great stuff. Yeah. Um, I think all, all I was trying to say was that you know you, you'd, you'd already said that on AO3 you can find anything that you're interested in, and, and Jen is also part of that. Even though I think the three of us are mainly shippers, kind of. Kind of as an example of of, of Gen Podfic um, that is created in, in POI fandom. Um. Going to the other end of the spectrum, there's also quite a lot of kink, I think, because oh, some yeah. of it, there are some various and interesting power dynamics in mm. in the relationships to begin with, and in a, in a reasonably complex way, so that they can be you know there's room to play with them. Um, so I think that draws people to liking to write kink fic about some of these characters. Yeah, I, I see a lot of um, power imbalance, dom dominance, submissive. There's the whole idea of John is essentially a kept man. I mean, like Harold's his sugar daddy, kind of. And so no, people... Also, oh, go ahead. But also, I mean, so so one of the... I don't remember if this one is actually on our Rex list, but one of Astolette's fics is called Fealty, because he's also he's also kind of a sworn man to Harold. Mm -hmm. So what is it the uh, the knight sort of trope? Yeah, I mean, so one of I mean, and this is this is canonical, not not something fanfic made up. Uh, one of the things that's going on with John is he he at the beginning of the show sort of feels himself to be a lost soul, and when Harold takes him on and and gives him you know, kind of gives him this work to do, he feels like he's been given both a, perfect, a purpose and a chance to redeem himself and is the sort of character who feels like, you know, sacrificing his life in a worthy cause is a totally reasonable thing to do and, and is kind of ready to do it at the drop of a hat. At the it's drop a, of a hat. <laughs> it's a very King and Lionheart dynamic, if that's your thing, listeners. And it kind of is mine, so I, I could get into this. 
but but it can also be other things too. And again, I think this is one of the reasons that that there's that it's a very rich field for for fanfic is that Harold, while he has power in a number of ways, is also you know has has his own insecurities and is a very kind of lonely person with with his own angsty backstory and you know so it's not he's not necessarily just always you know the autocrat or the the master or the dominating one both characters and their relationship are more complex than that and john spends most of the series telling any number he could get to listen to him how harold saved him and he's so thankful so it is it's very sweet in 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 canon that that allows you to kind of develop a shippy um, context off of that kind of devotional aspect. Before we go into the Rex, can I just propose one more topic? When you were talking about some of the, the themes that came that are available in the fic, and then you hear it repeated in the pod fic, that just made me think of, of things um, that people might be into, like um, clothing kink or suit porn. If you're into nice clothes, you, there's a lot of that. Like people really kind of hone into these um, bespoke suits and the very lovely clothing that the characters wear. If you're into voice kink, I think there's a lot of that in the show because the characters uh, many times are not in the same physical location. They're communicating via um, earwigs or cell phones. So there's a lot of instances where characters are only hearing yeah. Their their scene partner they're not actually in the same room with. We talked about the baby. I feel like there's a whole genre of baby fic. I don't know. The dog. Oh my gosh, we haven't really (laughs) talked about the dog because there's some people who are just writing fic and recording fic that's only about the dog. And and I didn't add it to the list, but I listened to a a a pod fic that someone had created, and it's like a bear POV, like how he sees the world. With these people who just come in and out of the headquarters all the time. So Bear, the dog, Bear der Hound, um, is a huge character. What are some of the other themes? I mean, yeah, just being whatever. I don't I don't know if that's a kink, just being fabulously wealthy. Uh, sometimes it's ridiculous the things that um that the, these characters get up to when money is no object at all. Guns, if you if you like guns, guess what? A lot of characters in this show like guns too. Ridiculously stupid giant guns. We mentioned this before, but there's there's a lot of hurt comfort of of all descriptions, yeah. both both physical and emotional. Yes. Samine Shaw, her backstory is kind of a tragic way for a young person to come up through life. Um, and I think that informs the character that she becomes later. Same, the same with Root. Uh, Root has a pretty traumatic thing that happens to her in childhood that she kind of, that definitely forms her as she grows up. Harold has this love interest that he's not able to pursue in the way that he wants to. And there's a lot of reflection on self-sacrifice. John is, what, what is it? John is the walking definition of man pain. Um, <laughs> everything bad that could have happened to John has happened to John, and he willingly accepts it because he thinks he deserves it all. Also, I don't think the, the fic emphasizes this nearly enough, but John has really great eyelashes. Oh, my gosh. They're beautiful. 
They're beautiful. I, I do whatever, not to be biased. He's a very beautiful character, which I think Harold Finch realizes. Okay, so we, I think we all came with some Podfic wrecks. One thick that, or the one Podfic that I really am enjoying, I got to re-listen to it, and I almost think this may have been the first person of interest Podfic that I ever listened to, but it's called um, Why Don't We Get Together and Call an Institute. Uh, it was written by Lepicus, and this recording is by Green Iron. The, the premise of the story is Harold and John also maintain cover identities. They can't be vigilantes all the time. Sometimes they have to give the appearance of working. So this story is the premise that they have regular office jobs with regular people who work in offices, receptionists, assistants, the person who makes copies, they have to attend meetings, very mundane office work. And it's hilarious. The, the story is told, it's an outsider perspective of these people who work around Mr. Warren and Mr. Wren. Those are the cover identities. And as these people realize, hey, I think these guys might be dating and they're sending emails and text messages. Green Iron does a tremendous job. Green Iron's voice is very expressive. And they really get all of these characters. It is, it's, it's so funny. It's a very funny podfic. And I can't recommend it enough. So if you, if you want an introduction to the characters from an outsider perspective, I'd recommend that. Another one that I'm in the middle of a re-listen now it's, um, let me scroll down here, call. Okay, it's called Dangerous If Unbound, and the story was written by Astolat, and it was read by S.K. Lee. I think I might have a thing for distinctive reader voices, but S.K. Lee has a, a great voice. It's, it's a deeper husky voice. The story itself is kind of an A-U-D-S it's a world where where slaves exist, and there's there's some. It's a slightly reimagined retelling of how Harold Finch met John. But the pod fic sounds great, and it's a very it's a long fic. It's not that six hour fic, but it's like two and a half hours. And the story is very popular. So if if you are kind of getting into it, you probably got a wreck for the story. There's pod fic available, and I highly recommend it. And then my um, last wreck, I don't know, whatever, whatever. It's a self-wreck. It's called um, By Your Name. And it's a story that was written by myself and Hagar and um, voiced, by, voiced by me, Computers, and Hagar. And it's also sort of a, a recap of some of the major points of the story. Um, if you haven't seen the show, it could be a little spoilery. But it's a pod fic that really embraces that idea that the machine and the world of person of interest is all made up of sound. And so it's like a special effects extravaganza featuring the machine. And that's my jam. And that's it. Those are my wrecks. Okay. Um, yeah, there's an, an unstoppable force, which is Reese Finch again. It's read by Dodie Ficus and written by Gian Dujakis and Iteration about three and a half hours long and it's it's I think it's the one uh where Finch is uh Harriet Harriet Finch there's a there's a gender swap and that's a really um 
popular work because Harriet Finch kind of is a completely new character that we well he's got all the same skills and everything but kind of you you, you fall in love with that character completely uh, completely new and over again um, and there's kind of not really anything else like it in the fandom so that that's a great one to listen to um, because of because of just what a great um, story it is. Oh yeah, we mentioned uh, Grace Hendricks a few times. There's quite a lot of Reese Finch and and Grace as 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 an OT three, um, and I just picked a, a short two minute podfic, um, which is a, a a good one to kind of start listening with. It's really um, kind of sweet, and uh, it's called. Did I mention it's called Optical Illusions? I've <laughs> totally lost my my flow again there's just there's just something really soothing about the the rhythm of it um uh the way yeah the way sorry it's read by Kalakiria the way she reads it it's really kind of grounds you because Harold is being grounded by the two people in in his life that 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 that, that, that love him and that he loves so I, I really like that one and then there's there's one Root Shaw podfic um which is read by Fire Juggle Fire Juggler and written by Specky Geek Girl. Um, it's 15 minutes long, and it's it's. I mentioned it was called Stomach versus Heart. I keep messing this up. Um, <laughs> Stomach versus Heart, Rootshaw, um, and it's set towards the end of season three, so there's kind of little bit spoilery for that as well. Um, but it's it's really kind of funny and kind of sweet that that kind of the the, the banter that they have and sort of the the theme of Shaw really liking food and uh, Root really liking to feed her and sort of we mentioned earlier there's a line that um, Root says to Harold about it's really nice that John follows you around like that I wish I had a pet um, and then later in the show there's a lot of comparing Shaw to a cat um, <laughs> and that's kind of that appears in this in this fic a lot and it's it's a really nice um, recording of a, of a really sweet fic that then will kind of get you in the feels a little bit more towards the end because it is the season three finale and, you know, sad things happen. So, <laughs> yeah, there's that one. Keep Keep Breathing, another Reese Finch one, um, written by Astolat, um, read by Reganim, and it's really nice, kind of short, hurt, comfort, um, and voice kink, which we mentioned, is kind of Finch's voice being very comforting to John while he's He's going through a situation where he's stuck in the in the in in a car, um, and uh, Finch comes and comes and rescues him, and it's kind of just Finch tells him when to breathe and kind of gets him through the, the panic attack that he's sort of slowly suffocating um, before he manages to get there in time and, and and rescue him. So that's a really nice kind of one that sort of is sort of using you know the elements of 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 POI that we've already talked about in terms of voices and sounds and earwigs and 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 breath and and Finch being Reese's connection to the world. Uh, sorry, that's really sappy, but that is a quote from the pilot. So yeah. So I am actually a kind of weird case of a podficker who doesn't listen to very much podfic myself because. I don't have a lot of times in my life when I can be 
hearing words because all of my things that I do involve generating words. So I, I had to bring a couple of self-recs. So one is Losing Control by Neri, which is a sex pollen story. I don't know if Person of Interest is particularly full of them or if I just end up trying to record a lot of them, uh, but it seems to be a theme <laughs> in some of my recordings. But as is the more obvious way to play with that premise, John, John gets dosed with what turned out to be sex pollen drugs, basically, and Harold kind of has to deal with him. One of the, the themes in this story is, so we've, we've said that John is kind of the, um, the leg man and the combat character, and he's, he's got pretty gross combat skills. He's also just very physically big, and so the idea of him out of control and Harold having to deal with him, and Harold is, is much, you know, sort of smaller and not a combat character and, and physically somewhat disabled, makes it a little bit more of a, of a scary situation than sex pollen might be in a, in a different fandom. So that's one. Another one that I've done is Escapism, uh, written by Astolat, which mostly I put on the, the recommendations list because this was me playing with sound effects. It's a story in which John has been in a torture situation and he's, he is dealing with it by, by kind of going to his mental happy place. And so for a lot of the fic, he's either in this kind of dream state or he's in the hospital under morphine. And so I was experimenting with using sound effects to uh, shift back and forth between those two mental places. And then the third one, I, uh, in honor of this podcast and because somebody requested it, I just recently podficked a very short one called Instructural Integrity, also by the Ragnarok, which is a very sweet kind of dom-sub, but also the premise is that Harold... (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Trying to figure out what euphemism to use. Um, I'll just go with it. Harold sometimes has has trouble getting hurt and, and having an orgasm, and so this is John kind of coaxing him through it. So I guess those are those are mine. I just saw structural integrity with, when I was updating our list, and I was like, oh, hey, I remember reading that story. Let me go listen. And then when I listened, it reintroduced me. I was very pleased to find that pod fic because it's, I don't know, perhaps it's a very specific sort of kink, <laughs> but that is my jam all day long. I was like, heck yeah. Okay, I'm done. I, oh, actually, which I, I should say when we were talking about things, things that you might like, in person of interest fanfic or, or themes in the fanfic. One of the themes is because, because Harold has, has some old injuries, there's a theme in the fanfic about both body image kinds of themes and also, you know, my body's not quite working right or, mm-hmm. you know, I have, I have difficulty with sex because of my physical limitations. Let's work through that kind of stuff. So that's, that's another thing that this fandom contains. Right. So you end up with one of the things I know is you end up with a lot of scenes that are, um, I'm going to do quote unquote, realistic versus typical fanfic. Uh, yeah, I scenes. mean, they're, they're, they're still, you know, 
These are older men, one of which has some, some, some real limitations. Can I, I'm going to throw in a bonus rec, and I don't, I don't know if Sky already hit on it. We were talking earlier about the, the possibility of having multiple pod thickers read every third word, or how do you stitch together words? And one of the things that we had on our list is actually, a, it's a hilarious story. It's called Horizontal Tango, read by Lunate and written by Hedda62. Basically, it's the machine discovers fanfic and decides to start writing fanfic and then ask Harold for, like, to beta read her fanfic. But it's, like, explicit smut fic read by the machine. It's hilarious. That's it. Actually, in that, I don't know if there's a pod fic of this, but that reminds me of the story, hashtag suit and glasses. It's told from yeah. Harold's <laughs> point of view, but it's basically about the machine... They get an on online fandom because they're these sort of like masked vigilante superheroes. Oh. Okay, and then the machine yes. starts participating in that fandom. But it's a very it's a very funny story. I'm not sure if it's been podficked or not. I don't think it has, but I know what you mean. <laughs> you know what? It, you you just brought up something else that, that we've been working on in the fandom is getting blanket permission out there. Um, it's something that I've noticed an uptick in in the last couple of years um, because I think the bulk of the people who make up the fandom now may not have come from traditional fanish backgrounds. These were people who saw the show and it sparked a creative feeling in them and they started writing thick and really get, and me meeting friends, making community. And the idea of transformative works, I don't think is, is native to how to say this, to like the second generation of fandom. The first generation was all aboard transformative work and then, then they were gone and then that vacuum was filled with people who were writing tons of stories. So what I've observed is there are more and more people who are actually posting those blanket permissions right on their AO3 profiles. And so that's been a joy to see. Yes, uh, please, please, please do. So that's it. Come, come check out Person of Interest Fandom, because we got a lot going on, and we got a lot of stories that are ripe to be podficked. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> so my recs are not Person of Interest recs. I've okay. been kind of in the cute, short, cracky podfic listening spree lately. Uh, so my first rec is going to be Rare is a Unicorn, written by Siwoo and read by Everybody, let's see. It's Ethel, Black Glass, Girl with a Bubble Gun, KLB, Lady of Misrule, Raina Jenkins, and Winged Words. And it's a critical role podfic where the team is out in the woods and they stumble across this unicorn and they need some shavings off the unicorn's horn. And so Percy's like, well, I'll go get one. Sure, no problem. And everybody's like, you're a virgin. And so they, they get into this whole debate about like how they're going to fix this problem for him. And he's like, uh, guys, like, why is this a big deal? But the reading was hilarious. Everybody had fantastic comic timing. I was crying laughing. It was just a really fun group project where everybody was doing a different member of the team. And I liked the way they all fit into their different roles. And just, it was hilarious. 
And yeah, so they're just trying to decide how they're going to take care of Percy's little problem. And he's like, can we stop talking about this, please? (laughs) (laughs) And then my second is Atlantean sex ed for dummies, the podfication version. And it's kind of a, a teen titan podfic where... You know, they have some questions about anatomy, <laughs> and they're trying to work out, like, does yours work like this? No! Oh, no, does yours work like that? <laughs> it's uh, written by Suzuki Blue and read by Bessie Boo, Opal Song, Rena Jenkins, and Rhea 314. You know, and just, there's the people that have questions, and then the people are like, please stop asking questions. I didn't need to know your junk did that. <laughs> So that one was really funny. And then there was Rodney Has Cheeseburger by Morgane22, read by Penny Plain Mitts, because I was going back and listening to all of the Stargate stuff that got recorded when Podfic was just a little baby fandom, and Stargate was still a thing. Shut us out, dear. I'm recording it. Awesome. Yay. I am late to every party. (laughs) I just got episodes of Stargate. To, to view. So I'm super late to this party. That, that, is another, that is another fandom, by the way, in which I, I broke down and read the fic, read enough of it so I could sort of infer what happened in the show, and then actually for a lark recorded my first pod fic without having listened to the show, so I was totally taking a guess on what the characters sounded like. But now I've gone back and watched it. Well, <laughs> hey, if you want massive, massive amounts of really amazing fic and pod fic. It's the fandom to check out. And in this particular, like the fandom went through a phase like about 10 years ago where Rodney and John were turned into everything. So I remember (laughs) somebody actually acted out this story and they took photos and posted it where they were Oreos trying to escape from being eaten. Oh my gosh. And there's one where, weren't they like a dining table and chair? Uh, I mean, whatever you could possibly transform them into, they have been transformed into. And in this particular podfic, they're cats. And Rodney is this really snooty, spoiled house cat. And his owner adopts another cat, (gasps) which is John. (laughs) And so Penny Plainnitz just does Rodney's, you know, just offended auteur, like... (gasps) Why is there another cat in my space? And I'm just letting you know, this is all mine. No, don't touch that. You can't touch that either. I was here first. And and so it was just adorable. Uh, And I guess all of these, you know, even if you're not in the fandom, they don't require too much fandom background knowledge, but they were really funny, and I really liked the performances, and they have brought me joy recently. So those are my recs. Well, Jinkyo, Desiree, Sky, thank you so much for appearing on the show and guest hosting and teaching me all about the fandom. I have so many recs I am definitely going to check out, and I hope our listeners also discovered some awesome new fic and pod fic. And I guess we will call that to the end to episode 38 of Oral Phonic. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>